The views, information, or opinions expressed during the Cult for the Culture podcast are solely those of the individuals involved. The content presented is not a substitute for seeking or seeing a licensed mental health professional. Know what's up next, know what's up next. Healthy pleasure with it, cult for the culture. Better tune in, better tune in. Big sis, get him, big sis, get him. Cult for the culture, cult for the culture, cult. Hey y'all, welcome to the Cult for the Culture podcast. I'm your host, Tiana Renee, the culture's advocate. On this show, we have solo and interview-based episodes with individuals from different walks of life who are dedicated to being the change within the culture as it relates to various topics and their effect on the world of mental health. Today is a solo dolo episode, which means it's just me and you, you and me, and we're going to go ahead and get into this thing today, y'all. I'm having a good day so far. I've gotten to the point where in order to stay motivated for the podcast, I am scheduling days for myself to record. Of course, I schedule days for interviews and things, but most times when I record, to be honest, it can be very sporadic. And so I'm trying to get more organized in that regard. So it's been helpful to write it down and know that when I wake up in the morning, after I take my shower and do what I need to do, it's podcast time. So that's how I started off my morning this morning. Um, It was hard to get out of bed this morning. It was so cold. (laughs) It was so cold. I know we are walking out of fall into winter, but Jesus, I am just not ready. I'm not ready for the winter at all. Um, I've talked about my journey with MS up here and one thing that my body absolutely does not do well with is the cold and I've been doing pretty well y'all I've been pain free for some months now I've changed the way that I'm eating and that feels really good but I'm really nervous about what it's gonna feel like in the winter time because I can't even be in the grocery store sometimes too long without a coat just to put it frankly so that kind of kept me in the bed this morning it was cold but once I got out I did I took a shower of course because you know cleanliness is next to godliness <laughs> so I took a shower I did a face care regimen this morning because skincare is self-care y'all and if your skin don't look good then you don't feel good about yourself and that's just being honest that's coming from somebody who became an adult and decided or my body decided rather that adult acne was a thing and so when you get it together, when you get your skin to the point where it's glowing, like, y'all can see me on the video today. My skin looks good, okay? And I'm not even trying to be funny. I'm only saying that like that in that way because about a year ago, this adult acne was getting ridiculous and I was to my wits end. But that's just that, okay? So let me go ahead and get into the actual show now that I've checked in with y'all and let y'all know how my day has been going. I'm going to do the self-care check-in and the shout-outs reverse today just because the self-care check-in really goes into what today's episode is going to be like and I feel like it'll just be a perfect segue to do it that way versus the way that I typically do it or have been doing it this season. So my shout-outs today go out to my girl Ryan and her organization by the name of Mass Her Peace. 
So, masterpiece, but I emphasize the her because it is an organization that is geared towards young girls and the age range for this is ages 13 to 18. And so what Masterpiece is, is a self, not self-care, a nonprofit organization that provides young women ages 13 to 18 with the opportunity to identify, appreciate, and nurture their talents. And so I've been a part of events for this organization. I support Ryan wholeheartedly with this organization. She really is doing a great thing, y'all. She's building up our young girls to be women of tomorrow. And we know how important that is. We know how important it is to have representation. We know how important it is to be seen and to feel heard and to feel important. And that's really what she's doing for these girls. So I just want to shout her out for that reason and to tell her to keep going and to keep doing what she's doing because she's doing a wonderful job, y'all. Like, she's doing well and I'm super proud of her and I'm super happy for her. So the website for Masterpiece is www.masterpiece.org and she's also on Instagram at Masterpiece. So y'all make sure to check her out, follow her, donate to the cause, support her organization. She really is doing great things. And if you have a child that you would love to be a part of the organization, go check out her website. She really is doing something phenomenal here. And so I just want to shout her out, y'all. So yay, Ryan. I'm so proud of you, girl. Also, congratulations because she recently got married and she is now a Mrs. Okay, a Mrs. And I'm here for that. <laughs> All right, so that is the shout outs for today that goes out to my girl ryan so let's go ahead and get into the self-care check-in check this out so i told you that the self-care check-in is a segue into the episode for today i will say wholeheartedly and i'll always tell y'all this up front so y'all already know where i'm at when i start recording I am nervous about <laughs> recording this episode today for so many reasons. I think primarily because today's episode is around family. And anytime we get to talking about family, things come up for people for various reasons. Things come up for me. I, you know, I have my own family and own things that I have dealt with or been through. And so whenever I cross this threshold of family it always makes me nervous just because I don't know how people are going to respond to it I know everybody's not going to agree to what I have to say however I do think what the topic is today is very important for us to talk about and it's definitely an elephant in the room that has been along or has been along for the ride way too long so self-care check-in for today y'all ready for this being family isn't an excuse to be mistreated. I'll say it again. Being family isn't a reason or an excuse to be mistreated. And I think, matter of fact, I know that a lot of the times just having the role of being a family member allows some people to think that they can do, say, act, whatever, the way that they want to just because you're family and just because they're banking on the fact that you'll always be around. But I'm here to tell you today, baby. No, Fam being family is not a reason to be mistreated. It's not on any, any level, okay? 
you are a person first and a family member second. So what that means is you have to prioritize your own mental health. And sometimes prioritizing our mental health means that we have to love some people from afar. And for people who come from a family as everything background, which is what I came from, and I know a lot of people that I am close to came from as well, when you have that mindset, it makes it very hard for there to be room for anything outside of that. So for example, the fact that I'm even saying family is an excuse to be mistreated for some people is really like a shock for them. And I know it probably shouldn't be, but if we're considering the black family, right? If we're considering how that has transformed over the years, what that has looked like, what are some of the practices that have put in place to keep each other safe? So for us, family being everything was legitimately a survival mechanism, in my opinion. And that doesn't mean that I don't think that family is everything because I am a very family-oriented person. I love and care about my family deeply. But I know that it was used as survival. It was used to keep everybody safe to keep each other close so that people know like you think about everybody being in everybody's business I think that for me just as I'm processing this out loud I do think at some point in time it was useful for everybody to know everybody's business because it really was a measure of safety but I don't think we're in that place anymore like I just don't think and so I really just want to reiterate for you guys that Family is not an excuse to be mistreated. You are a person first and a family member second. Your mental health is important. And if people love and care about you, they will respect what you have to say and how you feel. And that's just that on that. I want to reiterate, I am not anti-family. I am super family oriented. And I'm going to say that before going into this topic because the topic for today, y'all, is toxic familial relationships and I took a pause and if you're watching the the video portion of this episode you see my face ah (laughs) are y'all ready to get into it are y'all ready to get into it I'm gonna take a sip of coffee real fast I'm gonna take a sip of coffee I'm going to relax my brain for a little bit. I'm going to get my mind right. I'm going to allow y'all an opportunity to get your mind right. Because this right here. Ooh, we are y'all ready? Okay. So we know toxic is the word of 2020. Okay. I think it entered into like mid 2019 and transitioned its way into 2020. Everything is toxic. Everybody is toxic. Yeah, 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 yeah. However, In this case, in this case, we're going to talk about family and we're going to talk about it legitimately being toxic sometimes, okay? Like I said, family is important to me. And I was raised in a family where family was considered everything. And when you're raised in a family that family is considered everything, sometimes that comes at a cost. And... What I mean by sometimes it comes at a cost is that sometimes there really isn't space to be an individual. 
there isn't space to be your own person. And when you operate outside of the norm of what your family feels like should be how people act, then it becomes an issue of, for some families, disloyalty, right? It's like, you think you're better than the rest of us. You think just because you did X, Y, and Z that you're this or et cetera. And so, y'all, I'm probably gonna take a lot of pauses on this episode because one, I know it's gonna bring up a lot of feelings for me personally. And that's just putting it plain. Of course, I will share like some of my own experiences because I have found that it can be very helpful for other people to see like, oh, thank you. It's not just me. I'm not losing my mind. I'm not crazy. It's not me. Like there are other people who experience and feel these things. And so it's very important when you're in a place of transition or you're in a place of just going through something in your life it is very important to have other people that you can see visually and feel seen because there's no worse feeling than going through something and feeling like you're in alone and nobody understands and nobody ever will understand and so from me to you let's get into this topic so when we think about family like I said there's a certain dynamic every family is different every family operates differently but sometimes there isn't room to be an individual and when there isn't room to be an individual at some point in time within that family there's going to be a time frame where the people who are in fact an individual are going to go through a lot of adjustments and transitions within their family because their family may not be prepared for what it is that they're transitioning into. And within that transition, sometimes family members become upset or offended because in some way they feel like your change is affecting them and sometimes that means affecting them in a way where they can't get away with the things that they used to get away with okay so how many of you have heard this right people will do things to you you heard what the self-care check-in was family is not a reason to be mistreated right but think about times that you've been mistreated right and there's conflict and stuff is going on And sometimes the first thing you hear is, but that's your family. I know they did that. And I know they said that, but you know how they are. That's just how she is. But that's still your family though. And it's like, yes, yes, you're absolutely right. They are my family. But does that give them an excuse to act in any kind of way? Does that give them an excuse to say whatever comes to their mind? Does that give them an excuse to treat me as if I don't have my own feelings or perspectives of the world? And I think we get so caught up in the loyalty of what family means that we allow individuals within that family unit to be mistreated or, 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 or to go beyond mistreated and to be abused, whether that's emotionally, physically, sexually, whatever, psychologically. And that's not okay. For a while, I was in a place where I did feel like family was everything. Family meant 
the most to me no matter what no matter what happened my family was always gonna be my family right and you know as a kid that was very important to me because my dad wasn't around and with my dad not being around the people that I did have left it was like I'm going to hold on to you at all cost but from my own experience and doing the work that I do with the children I work with, because y'all know I am a trauma therapist that works with children and their families. And being in that role has really opened up my mind and my eyes to a lot of things. And I think that a lot of wrong happens in the name of family. And I really want us to get to a place where family is not a prerequisite to being mistreated. I want us to get to a place where we can be our own individual person and that not be a slight against the family. We can have our own opinion and that's not an issue for somebody else. You know what I mean? That I really want us to get to that point because within the black community, family is everything. And like I said earlier, I really do think that the way that we operated within our families was really a way of survival and although within the world now, we're still trying to figure out how to survive, I think there are some things that we can allow to die as it relates to family. And when I say die, I'm not saying people, I'm saying behaviors, I'm saying practices, rituals, beliefs, viewpoints, perspectives. There are really some things that need to change. And I really want us to sit and consider because I mentioned me being a trauma therapist and me working with families and how that has opened my eyes. And I want you to think back, if you can do this, right, to your own, on your own childhood. And if you're not in a place to do that, I completely understand. I also want to add a trigger warning in here because I realized I haven't, I didn't give a trigger warning. And so I do want to give a trigger warning for this episode. If you're to this point, we haven't got too, too deep into it and you feel like you're not quite ready, go ahead and log off. Take care of yourself. When you're ready, come back and listen to it. I will never be offended by that. Like, I really want you to take care of yourself. And I know family can be a very sensitive topic for a lot of people. So do what you need to do to take care of you. For the rest of you, if you're ready, like, to continue this episode with me, I want you to consider your childhood and the people that were around you that helped to rear or to raise you. And I want you to think about what are the things that came up for you that if you had it your way as a child that you would have never had to deal with. I want you to think about that. And I also want you to think about because of the fact that you had to deal with those things, what it did to the development of you as a child, then into a teen, and then into an adult. And I really want you to consider how things could have been differently for you if the relationships that you share with some of your family were different. And for a lot of us, it would have meant a happier childhood. And we don't consider that as often and as much as I want us to. And I know having toxicness within a family can go like it can go from being a child to being an adult but where I think it really hits home the most is as a child you're a child this is this is the time of your development like you're learning things you're becoming a part of this world 
You're learning what your feelings are, what you like, what you don't like, how to communicate, how to identify, feel like you're learning all of these different things. And it is so important to have an environment that promotes that and that nurtures that. But instead, sometimes what I have found with doing the work that I'm doing is children are silenced and they aren't given a voice. They aren't given the opportunity to say, Ma, when you said this, this really hurt my feelings. Or Grandma, when we went to the store and this person walked up and you said this about my mom or you said this about my dad, this really made me feel, etc. We don't offer that opportunity for children. And so what I think happens is we're raised in those environments and we grow up. And because that as a kid, you don't have any say, you don't have the opportunity to establish rules or expectations or boundaries with people, you're really not afforded that opportunity. And so when you become an adult, one, you realize a lot about your family. You realize a lot of the conversations you heard as a child start to make sense. You're putting stuff together. You're learning the truth about the dynamics within your family. And you decide that that's not what you want for yourself, right? And that's hard for people to understand. And I think where it becomes hard for people to understand is because they become offended and they take it personally when sometimes it's not even about the other person as much as it is about you doing what you need to do to protect yourself and to maintain. I would love for us all to have families that were super supportive, that respected all of our boundaries, that respected us as a person, that respected our decisions and choices in life and respected who we were and what we were. I wish that for all of us, but I realize that that's not the case. And so it becomes a situation where you have to establish those things for yourself. And because it's outside of the norm for your family, it's really a huge adjustment period for some people. And with that, I wanna say what are some of the things that I feel contribute to this mindset of, but that's your family. And that's, your, that's always gonna be your family. And because they're your family, then we ride or die for each other, okay? That's the viewpoint. But these are some of the things that I feel like contribute to this mindset. So I talked about being a child, right? So I definitely think being a child in a family where you're not offered a voice is a prerequisite, right? I also think that the lack of boundaries, okay? Remember when I talked about earlier? I think that at one point in time, everybody knowing each other's business was vital to their survival mm -hmm. boundaries okay so within family sometimes the boundaries can be so blurred right because people think sometimes just because they're family that that allows them access to your life they think just because they're family that allows them to know all the details of the things that are happening within your life just because they're a family, they can show up when they want to show up unannounced. They can call whenever they want to call, regardless of the time or the day. They can say whatever they want to say because they're family. Am I hitting some nerves here, y'all? That boundary piece is so important. In order for an individual to thrive in a family unit, there have to be some level of boundaries established. 
people have to be able to say, this is what triggers me. And because this triggers me, then this is what I have to do for myself to keep myself in a good place, to keep myself secure, to keep myself stable. I have to implement this boundary. And what I want us to get to a point of is when we implement our boundaries as family members, that we're not holding a grudge towards the person that's implementing that boundary. Because if you are implementing a boundary, you are doing it for a reason. You are absolutely doing it for a reason. And if we want to get along, if we want to coexist, if we want to have cohesion within our family, we all have to have our own boundaries whether that's within our family unit, within the people that we live with or extended family. When I think about boundaries, like most of my listeners are in the millennial age range. A lot of us turn 30 or about to turn 30 or maybe over 30, that 30 hump now, right? And so what does lack of boundaries look like for us? When you get married, when you gonna have some kids, Oh, you don't need to do that because X, Y, and Z. Well, what I think you should do is this, is that, and the third. No, you don't need to do that because this is what's going to happen, right? And so our family, I want to acknowledge this. Our family on a base level, I do think really wants the best for us. And sometimes when they want the best for us, that translates into them projecting the ideas of what they thought our life would turn out to be, what the person they thought we would turn out to be in the trajectory of our life that they imagined, right? That's sometimes what they expect to manifest. Now, when we're children and that's what's established, then that makes sense because as a child, you don't really have the opportunity to say, mm, no, mama, I don't like that. No, dad, like that's not for me. I don't want that. You know what I mean? And so when you do get that voice, when you do get the opportunity, it's like some people get in the mindset of, well, why you haven't said anything before? Let's talk about that for a second, okay? Why haven't you said anything before? Sometimes in a family, it is very hard to establish boundaries because the boundaries have been blurred for so long and a lot of the times I can speak for myself and maybe some of y'all will identify a lot of the times there is a certain amount of anxiety that comes with telling your family that something that has been done for years and years is actually something that you don't like and you've never liked but you didn't quite have the courage to say it quite yet but because you've become established in who you are as a person, you're working on yourself, you're healing, you're growing, you're understanding better what your triggers are. Now you're at a place where you feel like you can say those things, right? But just because you're at a place to say them doesn't mean that our family is always ready to hear them. Now, that doesn't mean that you stop establishing your boundaries. You stand firm in what your boundaries are, but also recognize and realize because your family wants what's best for you, most times, they're going to... It's going to be a shock for them that you're not aligning with what they thought was best for your life. And so just like you had the opportunity to process and really sit with yourself and figure out what it looks like for you to establish this boundary, you also have to realize and recognize that your family, too, is going to need a transition period to respect those boundaries, okay? That doesn't mean be mistreated. That doesn't mean allow them to do and say whatever. That just means that there's going to be a learning curve. There are going to be times where they are going to be offended because they've been used to doing certain things. They've been used 
to having a say in your life. They've been used to making decisions with you. And so when we're establishing those boundaries, we have to recognize that there will be a learning curve. It's going to suck for a little bit, but there's going to be a learning curve and that's okay because that learning curve means that other person has acknowledged what your boundaries are and they're trying their best. We're going to come from an optimistic mindset here. They are trying their best, okay? So lack of boundaries is definitely one. Another one I think is the communication styles within a family and how they handle conflict. Every family is different, okay? Every family is different. Some families, the cutoff culture is strong. The cutoff culture is strong. And (laughs) I say that because I come from a family where, hate to admit it, our cutoff game is strong, okay? Like, oh, you want to do that? Don't worry about it. I'm not going to talk to you. It's fine. I don't have to deal with this. You know what I mean? And so it's very important when we are considering the relationships within our families that one we come to term with the communication styles and the way the conflict has been handled with our within our family and how we have contributed to that because even though we were children we did grow up at some point and we did carry on some of those things and so we can have some level of accountability for that within that though within that we have to And I feel like I'm saying have to a lot. So I'm not telling y'all what y'all need to do by any means. Like, I'm I'm not running anybody's life here. This is just where I'm at and what I'm thinking about within this topic. And so when I say we have to, it's not like I'm coming down on people and pointing my finger. You have to do this because X, Y, and Z. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. It's coming more from a loving place. Okay? Just want to disclaim that. But we do have to consider the communication styles within our family. How do we talk to each other? How do we resolve conflict? What does it look like when one person is mad at the other person? What does that look like within the family unit that is also involved with those two people or three people not communicating? How do those other people contribute to the lack of communication and conflict within the family? A lot of the times how we're raised, right? The way our family communicates, the way our family handles conflict becomes the way that we then handle conflict and communication as adults. And it's not an easy thing to break. And so when you do break that mold of not communicating in a certain way, not allowing people to talk down to you, not allowing people to yell and curse at you and act out of character, not allowing people to infringe on your privacy when you start putting those boundaries in place when you start communicating what you do not what what want what you do not stand for for some people within your family that does correlate for them that something that they did was wrong and this is this is the part that I want to prepare you for okay because this is the part that I can admit that I struggle with right When I got strong in my communication, and I'm still working on it, I'm not perfect. I'm still unlearning and relearning things to get myself to a point where I can communicate the most effective way that I can, and I can handle conflict in a way that's productive. I'm still working on that, right? However, when I began to establish these things, it was hard for me to communicate that to other family members because one, loyalty is everything in my family, and Sometimes when 
you do things outside of the norm with any relationship, the other person can take some offense to it because they're going to feel like they did something wrong. And I want to point out that I do feel like our parents, the people who raised us, whoever was responsible for rearing us, I do feel like everybody did the best they could with what they had. I'm not saying our parents were wrong at all. I understand and recognize that our parents didn't have the same resources. They didn't have the same skills. They didn't have the same knowledge that we have now. I recognize all of those things. And with all of that being said, I do consider that when they were doing certain things, they were coming from a loving place. But just like I had to unlearn those things, I do think it is okay for your family to have time to unlearn those things as well and to recognize. Now, with that being said also, I do want to point out that some people may never come to terms with that. Some people may never recognize that the way that they communicated things to you or the way that they talked to you was not appropriate. Some people will never see that. And that's something that we have to accept and acknowledge when we're walking into considering these toxic family relationships. And what that looks like for us is some people are going to be on board and they're going to respect that. And some people are not. And you within yourself have to make the decision of where you're going to go with that information. Okay. The other part I think that adds into toxicness within a family is roles and hierarchy of the family. Whether we want to admit it or not, there's a hierarchy of every family. We know who make the decisions. We know who's the most influential person. We know who everybody gravitates to and likes. Like, we know those things. And sometimes those things within itself can really cause an issue because when people start acting outside of the roles that they have been placed in, people start to get antsy. People start to feel some type of way. People start not to understand. People start to feel disrespected or this person's not being loyal or this is all of these things happen, right? And so we have to consider that. We have to consider that roles play a factor. Hierarchy plays a factor. But also, also, how do we get to the point of not having a hierarchy in our families? Like, how do we get to the point where everybody's on the same playing field? I know relationships are different. I know everybody's not going to have the same love for everybody and everybody's not going to fall in line in the same way that everybody else does. I recognize that. I've said we're all our own person. We're all learning. We're all growing. We're all changing. And so with that being said, we got to figure out how to combat these hierarchies in our family because sometimes those hierarchies make other people feel isolated and not included. It makes them feel like they're not a part of the family because they don't fit into this mold of what the family unit is supposed to look like. Okay. Another thing, which I've talked about some, is loyalty factors. Some families are big on loyalty. And... Whew, I'm pausing on that one because loyalty is loyal. Mm, it's hard. It can be very hard to be in a family where loyalty is everything because sometimes loyalty comes at a cost. Sometimes loyalty comes at you making decisions that you don't want to make because you don't want to be disloyal to your family. Even down to your lifestyle, even down to how you choose to interact with other people. Think about it. For those of us who may have come from a single parent home, and maybe you weren't as close with the other caregiver in the house, but maybe other caregiver outside of the house, but maybe you want it to be. 
right? But how often have you second-guessed yourself wanting that relationship because you didn't want somebody else to be upset with you? And within making that decision, how did it affect you and your healing and your process? It's real, y'all. Loyalty can real like <sighs> loyalty can be a flaw. It can definitely be a great thing, but it can turn into a flaw. And it can become very toxic. And the emphasis on the top, it can become very toxic when we're considering loyalty within a family because that means you're going to stand for certain things that you don't want to. You're going to agree to certain things that you don't want to agree with. You're going to interact with people that you don't want to interact with just because they're family. Just because they're family. And that eats people up within a family unit. That really drives people to the point of not wanting to interact with their family because they've been pushed to this loyalty piece so much that they don't feel like they have the room to be their own person, to make their own decisions, to have their own relationships. Just because you're mad at this person doesn't mean the rest of the family has to be mad at that person. You know what I'm saying? I do think we have to get to a point where we all consider our own relationships within that family and how that looks for us. And just because somebody else has a problem with somebody else in our family does not mean that we have to share that same problem. And that goes back to the boundaries and communications and boundary and communication and being able to communicate where you stand. A lot of us get pressured into conversations or get pressured into spaces of feeling trapped or feeling in the middle because we don't want to upset one person over the other. We love everybody and we don't want anybody to feel any kind of way. And all of that, all of that, within all of that, okay, brings us to our last one of trauma bonding. Trauma bonding is real, y'all. And for those of you who don't know, what is trauma bonding? Trauma bonding is establishing a relationship with someone based on your traumatic experiences, either shared together or a similar, which a lot of the times results in codependency. I'll be the first to admit that within my process, I learned about myself that I shared some very codependent relationships. One, that loyalty factor, okay? Two, the lack of boundaries. However, the trauma bonding, when it creates that codependency, it makes it really hard to separate because it's this thing that holds you guys together. But sometimes that thing that holds you guys together is not healthy and it's not good for you. And sometimes you're to the point where you're ready to heal that part of you, but the other person may not be ready. And because they're not ready, that's going to cause conflict sometimes. It's going to cause misunderstandings sometimes because that person is not in a space of where you are. And I want to emphasize that we all have our own healing process, our own healing journey, and really allow ourselves to have that but also allowing other people to have their own healing journey as well you know I named all listed all these things and all these reasons for why I believe that there is toxicity within family relationships 
However, like, just because those things are there does not mean that you have to stand for them. It does not mean that you have to carry that on. It does not mean that when you have your family that you establish these same norms. And that's something else that we haven't talked about as much is when you do transition into that adult role of establishing your own family, really sit down with yourself and consider the things within your family that you want to carry on and consider the things that maybe you want to let stop with you. And it's absolutely okay for those things to stop with you. It's going to require some uncomfortable, difficult conversations. It's probably going to have a lot of anxiety going into them. And I say that from experience. But stand firm in what you believe in. Stand firm in what you know to be true. If you know that certain things within your family did not work for you, if you know certain things within your family really affected your development, if you know certain things in your family really created crisis within your life, really consider those things and say, how do I want this to look different for my family? How do I want this to look different for my children? And how do I communicate that? to the family I came from in a way that they will understand and not feel offended. Because I really think when when we get to the point that we want to change things or do things better, for a lack of better words, it translates to that other person that they did something wrong. And I want us to get to the point where we don't stay in that, oh, I must have did the wrong thing. Because it's not about that as much as it is that Everybody did the best that they could with what they had. And in that moment, that may have been your best, but that doesn't mean that that's the best overall. That also doesn't mean that you're a bad person and that you're a wrong person. It just means that we all grow and we all change and that's okay. That's okay. And if you do feel like you did something wrong, I charge you to process that within yourself and not project that onto the other people that are trying to establish these things within themselves. It's not fair to them, unfortunately. And, and I understand we have our own process, but I really want us to get to the point of that. And so I said all these reasons for why a family may be toxic or feel toxic. And so I do wanna you know, counter that with, what are some ways I feel like we can try to make this really work for us, okay? So the first thing I wanna say, because this hit me hard. And I would hate for you to be in a place where you were just like flabbergasted because you weren't prepared. When you're doing all this processing about your family, when you're assessing the relationships that were toxic and you're considering the things that happened there that took place, I want you to be nice to yourself when you realize what you, and I'm putting this in quotation marks, allowed in the past, okay? Because there's gonna come a point in time in your journey where certain things are gonna come up for you and it's gonna be like aha moments and you're gonna realize and recognize the interactions and relationships that you share with people and it's gonna piss you off. <laughs> it's gonna piss you off because you're gonna feel like you allowed certain things to happen and I want us to not beat ourselves up for this because we're thinking about this is a family that we've been with since we were children these are things that we've picked up on since we were children and at some point you really didn't have any control over what that looked like for you so now that you're you're older or an adult or wherever you are in your life certain things you've noticed 
that, oh man, I've been doing this all along. Like, how can I let this happen? Why would I let them talk to me like this? How would I let them treat me like this? Like you go through all of these things and although they feel helpful in the moment, when you're processing, I encourage you to really be nice to yourself when you have these realizations. And the best way to do that, that I have found, get in therapy, y'all. Get in therapy. A lot of us want to process our family stuff with our friends and our family, which is great. But when you're on this journey to figuring out what's best for you and your family unit, you need an outside unbiased source that's going to tell you what it is for how it is. And they're going to help you come up with skills and things that you need to make a more informed decision about your life. That's first things first. The second thing, identify what triggers you within your family unit and establish boundaries. And when you establish those boundaries, please communicate those boundaries to other people, okay? We love to put boundaries in place, not tell somebody else what the boundaries are and then get pissed off when they disrespect our boundaries. People can't live up to boundaries that they don't know about. So it's okay to have boundaries, but communicate those boundaries to the people that you love so that they're aware and they have the opportunity to make a change. People can't change what they don't know. And as much as we would love to assume that people know right from wrong or how to treat people or how not to treat people, everybody doesn't have that skill because everybody wasn't raised in that way. And so we do have to consider those things and we do have to communicate. The other thing, advocate for yourself and your own needs, okay? That goes back to earlier when our families want what's best for us, so they project certain ideas and beliefs and expectations onto our life. And although that's great that you want me to do well in life, how I feel may not align with that. And so it's important for you to advocate for yourself and what you need. When you're gonna have a baby, when I'm ready. When I'm in a place where I feel like I'm ready, either financially, I'm in a established, committed, stable relationship, like communicate that. If you don't want kids, say, I don't want kids. And I'm okay with that. And and I understand that this may be, you know, hard for you to hear, but this is where I stand and this is what I want for my life. Okay? While we're talking about kids, if you have certain disciplinary practices that you want to implement with your children and you don't want other people to do things outside of those disciplinary actions, communicate that. If you don't want to spank your children or beat your children, because there will be another episode on corporal punishment, by the way. <laughs> but if you don't want to do those things to your children, communicate that. If you don't want your family to do those things to your children, communicate that. Now, that's going to be one that's going to be very hard because within the black family household, beating, spanking, whooping, however you want to call it, is a norm practice. And I know it's something that's hard for us to break away from. But there are some of us who don't want to do that with our children. And that's okay for us not to do that. But we do have to communicate that to other people. And if they can't respect that, then you have to make the difficult decision of deciding whether or not that's somebody you allow to have access to your children. Okay? That's that part. The next one. Communicate to your family when you have been offended. Okay? And allow the other person to make amends if applicable. Now, everybody is not in the space to make amends. Everybody is not capable of making amends. Everybody is not capable of seeing what they did wrong in a situation and recognizing that and being held accountable. Everybody does not do well with that. So with that being said, you really have to suss out each situation and decide is it worth it for me to communicate this to you? Or do I need to communicate that because of these things, 
I cannot continue to carry on this relationship in this way. And I'll leave that completely up to you because only you know what the relationships are that you share. Only you know what are the things that trigger you. Only you know what the things are that overstep your boundaries. And so you have to decide within yourself, is this something that I'm willing to salvage? Or is this something that I feel like is going to be more of a headache and it's really not going to turn out the way that I would hope it would turn out? That's up to you. Another thing, establish non-negotiables within yourself and deal breakers. This is a huge one. And this goes, is actually coupled with the one that I said before about communicate when you have been offended. Establish your non-negotiables and let people know that these are the things I'm absolutely not going to stand for. I'm not going to stand for disrespect. I'm not going to stand for being talked to in any kind of way. I'm not going to stand for people being rude to me. I'm not going to stand for you cursing at me just because you're upset. Like, establish those things with people and let them know that those things, when they arise in the conversation, let them know, I can't, I don't do well with that. Okay? I know I've had to say to people, when you yell at me, I know you feel like like you're being like you're communicating your needs and I understand that, but when you're le- when your voice starts to go up levels and octaves, I can no longer hear you. And that doesn't mean I can't physically hear you. That means you shut down a part of my brain that I'm just not receptive because I don't feel respected in this situation. And so we do have to establish what those non-negotiables are and stand firm with that within ourselves, okay? Because people are going to try to convince you otherwise. They're going to try to convince you. But they're your family. I know they act like this, but you know you know how they are. You just got to love them for who they are, which I agree with. Love everybody for who they are and where they come from. However, that's not an excuse. It's not an excuse. And I want us to stop using it as an excuse. We got a few more. Okay. Attempt to reckon rectify the situation if possible but don't allow yourself to be consistently mistreated i talked about that one learn to love from afar and free yourself there are some people that as much as you want it to work out they are not capable and you have to learn to love them from afar maybe that means You only communicate with them when you see them on the holidays or you only communicate with them in passing. You might not share with them all the ins and outs of your life. Like you keep them at bay and that is a protection from you or for you, okay? And it is okay to love people from afar. It is okay to recognize that everybody isn't for everybody. One thing that I've come to terms with and that I've really been processing a lot within my own you know, healing journey and transformation is if this person was not my family member, would I have a relationship with them? And that is something that will really like, <laughs> it will really eat you up. It will really take your brain out of here, okay? If this person was not my family member, would we have a relationship? Because what we don't recognize is a lot of us are put together because of the blood that we share within our veins. But if we weren't put together, if we didn't share that thing, would we share anything else? And that's something to consider. But it's okay to love people from afar. I talk about my relationship up here with my dad all the time. I had to learn to recognize that there are certain things that I know that at this point in your life, you're just not capable of doing. And because of that, in order to protect myself and not allow myself to be mistreated and taken advantage of, then I have to love you from afar. I have to recognize who you are recognize that that's you're just your own person and you're on your own journey and I'm on my own journey and I can love and respect that over here (laughs) okay that's that one here's our last one our last one the most important one 
go to therapy to process the familial patterns that have affected you in your life and do the work. Do the work. You can't heal, you can't grow without doing the work. It's hard. It is hard. It can be very emotional. It can be very draining. It can feel like the worst thing. But if you want to combat the toxic relationships that you share with others within your family, you have to recognize what those patterns are within your family and within yourself and what you can do to not carry those things on. Okay? I said a lot this episode. I said a lot, okay? And I know that for some people, we're, we've gotten to this point in the episode and you're like, yo, T. Anna, <laughs> Tiana, okay? You didn't have to read my life like that. I know somebody is feeling like that right now. And what I want to say to you is it is okay. It is okay. I have been exactly where you are in your seat when things popped up for me. And I'm like, you can't be serious. What? I'm not doing that no more. I'm not doing that no more. I'm not dealing with that no more. I'm not standing for this. I've been there, okay? Just be patient with yourself. And remember that first thing. Be nice to yourself when you recognize those patterns within therapy, within yourself. Because you do have some of those patterns within yourself just based on the fact that you were raised in that environment. And that's okay. That's not your fault. But what you can do is identify that and do the work to change it. And on that note, y'all, I love y'all. I hope this episode resonated. Please, 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 if you have any thoughts, send them my way, okay? I know there are going to be a lot of thoughts around this episode, and I want to hear from y'all, whether it's your own experiences or what resonated with you or maybe what you didn't agree with. Let me know. I'm open for conversation, okay? And I'm going to go ahead and get out this thing, all right? As always, thank you for tuning in to the Cult for the Culture podcast. I'm your host, Tiana Renee, and I'm out this thing. Bye, y'all. Hey, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. It's Tiana Renee here. To make sure you stay up to date on all information related to Cult for the Culture, be sure to follow us on social media. We are on Instagram at Cult for the Culture podcast, Twitter at Cope, the number four, the culture, and on Facebook at Cope for the Culture Podcast. As always, I appreciate you for tuning in. Bye, y'all.